Welcome to Inside Flicks. I'm Mike, and this podcast is a movie review show where I get to discuss movies with my brothers Richard and Raymond. On this episode, we're going to take a look at two new comedies. First up is the new Will Ferrell comedy for Netflix, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. And then we're going to look at the new political satire from Jon Stewart, Irresistible. Okay, let's get to it. This is Eurovision Song Contest. Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. I am Lars. This is Secret. We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear Eurovision Song? Officially, Fire Saga will be representing Iceland at Eurovision this year. So we're in. Yep. 42 countries, hundreds of performers, and a worldwide audience of 180 million. This is Eurovision. You have to stay focused. We need to win. What are you doing? I just want my ding dong to look bigger than what is really there. Smart. Yeah. I could do a camel. Do a classic camel. It's never out of style. Yeah. This is it. We have to prove to Iceland and my extremely handsome father that my life hasn't been a waste. Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are a pair of aspiring Icelandic electro-pop singers in the new Netflix comedy Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Inspired by the real-life, long-running songwriting and singing competition show called Eurovision Song Contest, Ferrell and McAdams stars as amateur musicians Lars and Secret, who win the chance to represent their country and compete in the biggest annual international song competition show in the world. Directed by Wedding Crashers Helmer, David Dockin, the film features fun and goofy performances by Dan Stevens and Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I, you know, so I found this to be a very typical Will Ferrell comedy. It's like a part spoof, kind of part sketch comedy, part uh, absurdist film. Um, somewhat in the tradition of Zoolander and Blades of Glory. I think I think if you're well-versed in the world of Eurovision Song Contest, which is a, very much a real thing that happens every year in Europe and has been going on since the 60s, so I think if you're if you're if you know this world well, I think you will have a better time than most because uh, uh, there's a lot of real cameos and inside jokes that I didn't really get, uh, but I kind of figured they were they are referring to a lot of things and people that means something to to fans of Eurovision. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, it's not a great uh, uh, Will Ferrell comedy. It's not, it's not one of his best films. I just, I found it entertaining. I found it, uh, there was fun. I, I laughed at a couple times with a couple jokes. It's not his best work, but it's it's not his worst comedy. Okay. Okay. And let me interrupt. Let me interrupt and yeah, go say, and let me inform the audience that you've only seen five Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> What are you talking about? I've seen... Uh, you haven't seen his downfall, man. You haven't seen any of the movies he's made in the past decade. You haven't seen... Like, no, that's true. Uh, you haven't seen any of his bad movies. Yeah, well, because that, that's a <laughs> this good reason. Movie, this, movie, this movie is a triumph because oh. he's made a decade of terrible oh, okay. films. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best movie he's made since the other guys. Oh, I was going to wow. say that. Which was in 2000, which was was in say, 2010. Let me ask you this. What was the last... <laughs> 
uh, Will Ferrell comedy you well, loved? Not, or- well, not not counting the Lego movies, and because he's made a lot of appearances and supporting roles and, and, and cameos. Not counting that stuff. Straight up Will Ferrell movies. He, he's the star of the movie. This is the best movie he's done since the other guys. I agree. And but again, like like you said, I didn't see like Get Hard or or what, what's what's the other ones? The, like, the campaign. Home, home, uh, homes and uh, and. Watson. Holmes and Watson, Daddy's saw, Home 1 and 2. I saw yeah. Daddy's Home 2. Oh. <laughs> uh, Rich, what was the last uh, Will Ferrell comedy you loved? That I loved? Or yeah. just liked? Uh, probably uh, huh. liked, huh? Megamind? <laughs> <laughs> not, not counting, not counting animation and it's stuff probably, like straight it's, up Will it's, Ferrell movie. It's probably the other guys because that was his last good, good comedy. Well, that was before the, ca- the campaign was okay, but this is, I think, better than the campaign. Okay, and I and I personally thought Anchorman two had a lot of funny moments, but it's a really long movie. Like yeah. it's like two and a half hours long. Like that's crazy. <laughs> this is, I think, the most uh, entertaining, well well paced movie. Uh, Will Ferrell's made in a long time and kind of like you were saying yeah it definitely has like shades of Blades of Glory unfortunately it doesn't have a punch it does, it's missing like a one or two big laughs yeah. to really be like one of those like great Will Ferrell movies I do agree with you on that but you have not seen all of the <laughs> terrible movies Will Ferrell has made these past couple of years man like this this I I had a great time watching this movie oh okay uh, good, and, good. And, uh, and I think a big part of the reason why I had a great time watching this movie is because it's like oh man Will Ferrell at least still has it in him a little bit I, I thought it was completely really? over i thought he was i thought it was completely over for him because mm. i i it was getting to a point where he was like in that kind of adam sandler territory like i uh-huh. love adam sandler when he does a drama now but when he does a comedy it's like unbearable and it was starting to get to that point with will ferrell and i love will ferrell you know since i was a little kid back when he was on snl mm-hmm. and it really hurt me to feel that way about him <laughs> it really hurt me to feel that way about adam sandler and i was like oh no it's happening to will ferrell this makes me think that if he if he actually believes in the project we might still get something from him because this was a passion project for him he wrote the movie uh, he produced it and um you could tell that i mean he really cares about or he he's really fascinated by this uh eurovision uh, song contest and i think they handled <laughs> it really well i think it's uh, i i thought the songs in, in the movie were all uh, very very entertaining it was I, I, I had a very good time with this entire film oh okay good good uh uh well look, look not to sound cruel or mean but don't you think this is should be like his last kind of this type of comedy for him uh, maybe but it, it depends it depends on the it depends what the, what they have in store because i think with this i think will ferrell could now enter into a new stage of his career maybe do something more dramatic maybe do something more dark uh because you know this does feel like he you know to me it does he's feel like he's tried that a couple of times so and it's never quite stuck uh, so you're saying that he has no that's there's no future no, for well, that well what i'm saying like I don't know. I think he's given some pretty good dramatic performances in the past, like in Stranger Than Fiction and uh, what was the other one? Everything Must Go. Yeah. But um, and 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 I think he got some acclaim for those performances, but I don't think it was like the type of acclaim to you know go on and you know do like an uncut gems or something. Yeah, like that. that's like, what I was I thinking. I, I, I mean, is there un- uncut gems in his future? And I I I do kind I don't of think so. Uh, that's too bad. I mean, I I do want you to see think, him. Do you think there is? I think there's I don't know what it is I mean I do like like you mentioned Stranger Than Fiction I think that was a really good project for him and I I wish he'd kind of done more kind of dramas like that or, or dramedies like that because um, this this movie look I like this movie don't get me wrong I, I found this very entertaining uh, but I do feel like he is scraping 
the bottom of an empty barrel. I don't think there's anything else left in him. In, in him, it does feel like he's repeating himself, and he's also in his fifties. And so the whole man-child routine does feel it doesn't play as well as it did before. I do agree with that, but he he had he surrounded himself with an incredible supporting cast, and I think really the supporting cast is kind of what elevated this movie. Um, but but I but I don't want to I don't want to take away too too much credit from Will Ferrell because he did like write and produce this movie and mm-hmm. like I, I think he did a great job yeah I do I do I, I, I agree it's like classic it's classic Will Ferrell um, but I do I do think the movie is a little long and they could have used another like a big laugh or two one more one or two more uh, but for, uh, I think for me the real reason to watch the movie is Rachel McAdams I thought she mm-hmm. does she does a marvelous job here she's funny uh, she brings life to this material and her character, I, which could have easily been come across as pathetic or over the top. And I think she saves this movie from being a total Zoolander knockoff. Uh, mm. I, I remember watching the trailer and thinking, oh, Rachel McAdams in this. And, you know, OK, whatever. Who cares? But after watching the movie, I'm like, why the hell Rachel McAdams is not a bigger movie star? Because <laughs> I I. I did I and like the rest of the world took her for granted because <laughs> I I was really surprised by her performance and how she was able to be adorable and funny and like sweet and uh, she she did play well opposite Will Ferrell in this movie and I thought they made a really great team together and I did not see it coming and I I, I was very surprised Rich what what you thought of this movie No uh, I enjoyed it also but I uh, unlike both of you I, I felt it kind of long too long. Oh, oh, I did bring that up really quick. It's, it could have been a little shorter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but especially there, there should have been scenes cut. Uh, especially the um... it's Netflix, man. <laughs> well, I do find that the, the length of the movie is really due to the musical performances. There's like long musical performances, and I think that added to the to the to to the running time. But they were all pretty good. They were all well done. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Uh, yeah, no. I thought Dan Stevens uh, did a fantastic job, also, and also Pierce Brosnan as as, uh, as Will Ferrell's father. Uh, it, it was uh, like uh, Zoolander there, but um, I, I thought, yeah, Pierce Brosnan, great, Mamma Mia, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> and but I, I didn't know anything about Eurovision itself, so that's all new to me. Neither of us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I heard I've heard of Eurovision before, but I oh, don't, really? I, I don't know the world at all. Uh, yeah, I I just heard it by chance by like on Twitter, like there were clips of it people were posting. I knew it was something that that people watch in Europe. And I knew it was something like American, like a extravagant uh, version of American Idol or The Voice or something like that. But like, well, it but, makes and, sense because uh, those those are huge hits over there and, on, and internationally also. <laughs> and and, uh, um, and Graham Norton, I loved his appearance, the appearances at the. Uh, as, there were a lot of Graham great. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of great small appearances throughout the movie. Um, yeah, but uh, the the movie itself, uh, I thought it was pretty good. It just needed to be a little bit uh, tightened, uh, uh, and uh, it didn't need, didn't need to be over two hours, that's for sure. I, I do want to point out this uh, actress, uh, Melisanti Manhut. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's a Greek actress. She plays the other Eurovision contestant who tries, tries to seduce Will's mm-hmm. uh, character. 
I thought she was really good. Uh, yeah. She, I guess, I guess she's only known. This is like her first major movie, and she's better known as a video game voice actress. She mm. plays Cassandra in the Assassin's Creed video game, and I there's no, there's a presence about her, and then I, I, she stood out for me, and I thought she did a wonderful job here. And then I like to see these emerging actors get a chance to play these kind of secondary roles, and I, I liked her performance a lot. And she played uh, like a Rachel, like Rachel May Adams. She played well against uh, Will Ferrell. And, uh, you know, I agree with Rich. Uh, Dan Stevens also was very good, funny in this movie. And, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't hate this movie at all. I just, I think this is really, I think this is a good movie for Will Ferrell to end this type of this type of spoof kind of comedies. You know, he I think he should really think about what's his next step. And, like, you know, and like I said, maybe there's an uncut gems in there somewhere for him to, to do. I wish he, I wish he does something that surprises us. Um, I think he'll probably just move on to just probably just producing, uh, maybe Strictly or just producing. or maybe TV, do some TV stuff. I, I don't know. I'm, but because this really feels like a very typical Will Ferrell comedy, and I think that if he just says, "Okay, this is this is good. This is I'm done. On to my next uh, stage of my career." and Whatever that is, I'm I'm waiting for it. You know, I'm, I'm surprise us. I'm I'm hoping uh, he surprises us. All right, before we grade the movie, let's talk about the direction. Rich or uh, Raymond, uh, what do you thought of the the direction of this movie and the and the director? Okay, I I thought David I thought David Dobkin did a great job. I mean, this is um this is a bit of a reunion a bit for him, I and mean, he's reteaming with uh, Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell, who he worked with in uh, Wedding Crashers, and um. This is honestly probably the best movie he's done since Wedding Crashers. I mean, he's kind of stumbled a lot since then. Uh, you, uh, you would think that after Wedding Crashers, he would have had a career like doing a lot of comedies, but he really kind of just did a bunch of different types of films like The Judge and Fred Claus and kind of, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a little bit all over the map. He, do, he has done TV, too. Uh, he's done that Into the Badlands action series, which is a strange uh, yeah, he choice it. for him. It's a strange choice for him. What? He produces it. Oh yeah. So I mean, yeah. He, he he likes to. I guess he likes to jump around from different genres to uh, to different genres. But um, but uh, he's but he's he's a good director, and I think he's a big part of the reason why this movie works. I mean, a lot of the movies Will Ferrell has made the past couple of years that haven't worked. I think a big part of the reason why they were so bad is because like they were kind of made by these kind of less experienced directors that have kind of been just making these like really crappy comedies and they I, I almost feel like they they would just let will ferrell do whatever he wants and they would they wouldn't care they wouldn't focus like on character at all and this is a movie that actually did focus on that it did all the stuff a comedy should do and uh, it, it was focused on story it focused on character it focused on you know on, on everything and that's something you can't say about a lot of the movies Will Ferrell has been making lately yeah also he's able to like pull these kind of great performances from from Rachel McAdams what, what's your feelings of Rachel McAdams in this movie uh, Raymond oh she's outstanding in the film I mean she's uh, she, she gives it a, a heart really yeah and also like you know she's doing Bjork <laughs> or something and she's <laughs> It's not spoofy. It's not making fun of Bjork. It's really kind of embodying that whole image, uh, hippie kind of uh, Icelandic, uh, uh, bohemian type of person. And I thought she was very, I mean, I was shocked about her performance. I really didn't give two thoughts about her when I heard that she was starring in the movie. And then after the movie, I was like, wow, she is really great. And why she's not like 
in bigger movies, you know, because she was great in Game Night also. And I just, I think I just take, you know. Yeah, she's fantastic in comedy, right? It was like a secret weapon that we didn't know about. <laughs> Rachel, what's your thoughts on Rachel McAdams? So yeah, she's she's the anchor. Uh, she she uh, she's she's a great actress. I mean, she this is a uh, this is a movie. She, uh, she was uh, could put a spotlight on her uh, on her acting on this one, and uh, and I'm kind of shocked that she didn't really sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the thing. Yeah, she, that's her not. That's not her real voice. In the, in no. the, in the, but yeah, that's fine. So let's get to our a grade. Uh, Rich, what's your grade on this movie? I'll I'll give it a C plus. I agree with you. I give this a C plus as well. Uh, Raymond, what's your rating? I give it a seven out of ten. <laughs> we do re- recommend this film. It's available now on Netflix. So go check it out, and uh, I think you will have a good time with it. I don't, and if you are. You know, well versed in, in the world of Eurovision, I think you would probably love this movie a lot more than we did. Yeah, because they treated it all with a lot of respect. It's not really a parody. Yeah. All right. That was our review of Eurovision Song Contest The Story of Fire Saga. Long title. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to our next and final film of this episode Irresistible. Guys like me don't know how to talk to guys like you. Do a bottle opener? Oh, That's no. A, no, it's just a toss. Oh, twist, oh, twist, twist off? Twist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Maybe he does need a bottle. Maybe use probably. your vest. But I would like to offer my services. Can we quiet the cows, please? To help you run for mayor, dear Larkin. And if you could get some of them to face front. Oh, my God. I am telling you guys, Jack could be the real deal. This little campaign of ours has caught the attention of the National Republican Party. Why are you here? Because crushing the last piece of hope in your eyes really gets me off. It's good to see you. Yeah. You look fat. <laughs> From the mind of former Daily Show host Jon Stewart comes a new and lighthearted political satire, Irresistible. Ex-Daily Show correspondent Steve Carell stars as a seasoned Democrat campaign strategist who has decided to help a retired ex-Marine colonel turned small-town farmer run for mayor. He is played by Academy Award winner Chris Cooper. They soon find themselves fighting a fierce political battle against a cunning Republican operative. She is played by bridesmaids Rose Byrne. Part Frank Capra spoof and part small-town political satire, the film, which is also both written and directed by Jon Stewart, co-stars Mackenzie Davis and Topher Grace. All right, who wants to go first? I'll go. All right. All right. Uh, irresistible. It was. Um, it was okay. It was. It was better than I was expecting it to be because the reviews for the movie was really negative, and also, well, the trailer for the movie just, in my opinion, wasn't very good. But uh, the the movie is. Uh, a solid, um, I guess, uh, political santi- satire about uh, can- campaigns, but it—it's uh, really just, ki- really, the movie just exists for uh, John Stewart to show the, the corrupt, the corruptness and uh, these, um, and the hypocrisy in these, um, in these campaigns. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I agree. And um, it's 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 a it's a good movie, but. I, I would say the movie feels uh, comedically a bit uneven. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, I'll give some examples a little later, but it, I think it, just, it jumps around in, uh, in tone from very kind of like sharp, biting satire to kind of more very like broad humor. Uh, the tones for this movie kind of felt in times like uh, the Gus Van Sant movie uh, Promised Land. And then at other times it felt like the um, Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis movie, The Campaign. <laughs> so it was very all over the place. 
and uh, I gotta say the movie also feels pretty dated even though this movie takes place after the 2016 um, you know election it, it really feels like it could have taken place in like 2012 or it could have taken place in like maybe even 2004 um, it, it, it doesn't to me it didn't feel like it took place in uh, this uh, during this era yeah this I would say this is not like a hard-hitting kind of stark satire this is not like veep you know right you know, where Veep is making fun of, of the incompetence of uh, dumb politicians. And I think that's what a, a lot of us were kind of expecting in a way. Especially coming from John Stewart. Yeah, this is yeah. very much a light comedy. This is something in the, in like in the vein of, uh, uh, I was thinking Dave for some reason. Uh, but it, it's it's like that. It's, it is like a send-up of the Frank Capra movies. And it's very much a fish-out-of-water comedy, too, with a political bent. I, I guess I imagine the elevator pitch here was something like, what if a small American town from a Frank Capra movie gets swallowed up by the modern American political machine. And, you know, look, I came in here with kind of very low expectations. I didn't I didn't see Rosewater, which is Jon Stewart's debut, film debut. Uh, anyone saw that? Yeah, I saw it. It, it, it was a solid movie. It wasn't uh, perfect. There was definitely room for improvement. Um, I think mm-hmm. he should have made so this movie I w- first. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was surprised at how much I did enjoy the movie. Uh, I was surprised at how well I thought Jon Stewart was you know his directing abilities here because I, I was really expecting some kind of really kind of unpolished look you know or feel to the movie and i really felt felt this movie was actually very clever it's a, it's a, it's um although it is very light but i think it's light it's a light comedy by design i like the fact that this is more about making fun of those highly paid dc strategists and media and data consultants who have no business running political campaigns but they do so this is all about pointing fingers at them and saying you those guys there are worthless and i kind of agree with that message and i kind of agree with how what what john stewart is trying to say here he's trying to say how corporate money has corrupted american politics and because i i agree with that message i i, I kind of really like the film and this in that message and that issue is not necessarily a red and blue issue it's something that i think everyone believes into in to a certain extent and um i liked what john stewart was trying to say and i think he said it in a very clever way uh the movie does have flaws but uh it did came out in a very it came out at the, the worst wrong time. time yes <laughs> it came out at the worst time yeah. and also i gotta say like 1999 rental like th- it's not worth it man like this is the type of movie that's not going to appeal to like the entire family uh, a lot of the movies universal has been putting lately for 1989 they're not they're not family they're not movies that appeal to like a broad they have brought they don't they're not movies that have broad appeal and i don't i don't really understand you know why they would put these movies in 1989 because like well i mean it's not worth it <laughs> This movie should have been on. This movie should have been on Amazon Prime, uh, an Amazon Prime original. Yeah, or a Netflix. Uh, it should have. It should have never been planned for a theatrical release. I kind of agree with you. Although I do, you know, like I said, I do like this movie. I, I don't. I can't recommend it for that price. Or for, yeah, no way. I agree with what Raymond is saying that this feels something that should have come out like maybe a couple years ago like right after the election because this feels like John Stewart was inspired by the results of that election he this is his answer to that to what he was feeling at the time well the movie literally opens up like it the moment the elections ended and uh, it's pretty much kick, it kicks off the story 
And uh, what were you thought of Steve Carell's performance in here? Well, well, this is the thing that this is the thing that really surprised me about a lot of the criticism towards the movie, that a lot of people didn't like Steve Carell in this movie because to me, what he's doing in this film is basically the same thing that he did on The Office. Yeah, it's just this time it's in politics. Yeah, and I I, I liked it. I thought it was fine. Uh, I you know I never really like the characters that Steve Carell's playing, but he's he's a good at it. He's funny. And he's not supposed to be a likable character in this movie. And he actually, never is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't come off as, uh, you know, at the end, he does, there's no kind of redeeming uh, arc to this character. Rich, what what you thought of Steve Carell's performance in this movie? I thought he, I thought he did pretty well because this is pretty matched with the, his Daily Show content. I mean, uh, when he did oh, yeah. the Daily Show, I mean, uh, him and John Stewart were you know back in the day. I mean, they're there's you know two two peas in a pod. So uh, I think he wrote it for him basically, mm. and, and uh, um, I thought he, he I thought he did very fairly well. What's your feelings on the on the movie? The movie itself, um, uh, watching it uh, at, at the beginning, and, and uh, I, I thought it was. Uh, it didn't deserve the uh, the hate that it, it was gone. That's for sure. But it, it was just uh, typical for me uh, from the beginning. Um, uh, but it did have some good elements to it, and I did like it. Uh, but it wasn't until the very end that that, that I. Um, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, there's something that happens in the third act that I didn't see coming, and um, it made me kind of rethink the whole movie. Because uh, I had I had issues with the movie while watching, you know, or maybe I had questions. Mm-hmm. By the end of the movie, I go, oh, okay, those those issues that I had were designed that way. I think there was designed in a misdirection kind of a way. And I think at the end, some of the issues that I had with the movie were answered. And uh, I really do believe this is kind of a clever film. And again, this is Stewart's take on uh, corporate money in, in politics. And, and I don't know if that conversation is what people are want, want right now. They, I don't think they want, they don't want to ta- uh, talk about that uh, issue right now. And, it, and I, don't, I don't blame John Stewart for doing it because uh, this is something that I mean, if it was if this was normal America right now, uh, this is a perfect time for him to do the circuit, uh, and he would be invited to all the um, the, the normal political um, shows that would be happening right now, and, and he would be able to promote it um, both his his point of view on the politics yeah. and the, plus the movie. So he, yeah, it, he would have had a he would have had a huge um, you know campaign for it, the the movie itself uh, at this time if we lived in a normal world. For, uh, I mean, right now, yeah, everything's upside down right now, and so yeah, so I can't really blame the uh, this um, uh, the the, mo- the movie itself. I blame more of the epidemic uh, that we're in. So mm-hmm. I mean, for the movie being going, yeah, it's, I, I, it's most likely a failure. I mean, it's going. I mean, well, that's is, why that's why I think that uh, I think a year from now or two years from now or maybe even three or four or five years from now, I think people are going to rediscover this movie and yeah. see it differently, and I think they're going to enjoy it better. And uh, the whole cast, I mean, I really enjoyed the uh, the supporting cast in it also. I mean, Chris Cooper did a phenomenal job. Uh, once again, does another phenomenal job. Rose Byrne, who, uh, according to all the critics, uh, is deservingly so getting praise for this, uh, her role in this film. But um, all, everything, I mean, Will Sasso was hilarious. I mean, his, his parts <laughs> Mackenzie and, Davis, I, I, who plays Chris Cooper's daughter in the movie, mm-hmm. I thought she was really good in the movie. She, it was really she, subtle for her. I yeah, mean, yeah it was, I, she didn't have much 
material to work with. But I thought what she brought to the to, to that role was really good, and I was, I'm surprised how I'm I'm becoming more of a supporter of her work because I, yeah. I liked her in uh, Terminator Dark Fate, although. I terminated Dark Fate had a lot of a lot of problems. Yeah. I liked her in that movie, and I and I, here she's doing something totally different. You know, it's subtle, like you were saying, and yeah, she is. Uh, she she elevated her her character with her performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richie, before we recorded, you mentioned uh, Funny Farm, and I think it's a little bit like Funny Farm, where it's that fish out of water comedy. We got this this big city dude coming into a small town, and he's feeling very awkward, and that's what Steve Carell is. He's from D- D.C. He's a D.C. elite, and he's coming to a small town America, and uh, I, you know, the, so the tone is a little bit light, right, Raymond? Don't you think the tone is yeah, very light? That that stuff is what actually kind of made me. Uh remember uh, Promised Land, the Gus Van Sant movie, but then the movie goes to like these like wacky comedic moments that feel like something out of like a, the, again, the Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis movie, The Campaign. Like, uh, I, I, that's maybe one of my bigger issues with this movie, just was how uneven the comedy was and how sometimes it feels like this uh, inspirational movie and how it's just trying to actually like tell this real story and then it's just trying to be this like uh, pol- uh, this a- a- attack really on the, on the media, this political um, attack. And I think uh, at times kind of a uh, John Stewart kind of uh, Lost, lost his way with what the this movie was supposed to be. I, I, to spoil one com- comedic bit in the movie, there's a, there's a scene where they're all waiting to get um, the approval of uh, of, 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 a, of a Democratic donor, <laughs> and uh, the 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 guy shows up and uh, it's uh, as an old man attached to an endoskeleton, <laughs> yeah, that's the, like sleeping. Bill, Bill Irwin uh, from Popeye. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's just that that. I mean, that felt like it belonged in a completely different movie, and it, it wasn't funny, and it, it was just it was just a waste. A waste I know, of, you're, a I, know you're, I know what you're saying. I found it very funny though. I felt, yeah, it was a, it was a good uh, it was, laugh. It, I mean, it was it was, it was, it was just, stupid. It was silly. Yes. It was stupid. It was a cross between Stephen Hawking and uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> no, but I thought I thought it was silly. And I, I I do feel ashamed of laughing at the joke <laughs> yes. because it's such a low bar, uh, a low fruit, or what's it called? Uh, a low, low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit, yeah. And the movie is like filled with like a couple of gags like that. Well, that was the randomly on- throughout the movie. No, that was I, the only I mean, fairly. Say, that was the only fairly brothered move, uh, move that he did. He made. I'd say uh, I'll, I'd say a lot of the news uh, segments. I mean, the movie opens up with a, a whole uh, Google Home joke. I mean that feels like it. Yeah. That feels pretty dated. Oh, I mean, right. I yeah. feel I feel like m- the movie comedically was only really working when Rose Byrne was on screen. Oh well, no, I, I like the small I like the small town uh, aspect of it. How, how but, that, but that stuff wasn't that stuff was more like Promised Land. It was more like a it wasn't like a, a comedy. It's I, I'm talking about the, like uh, the, trying to talk about the unevenness of the movie. Oh. You guys weren't bothered by it. No, by it, but no, it not that. Pull you no. out. Not too much, not too much. I, I, I do feel like, the, yeah, I think you're right. The, the characters do come off a little bit stereotypical, and there are some characters that straight out spoof style. I don't want to spoil anything, but like the last like five minutes of the movie is like straight up broad comedy almost, or broad satir- satirical comedy. But I, I, I found that funny. I, funny I, 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 <laughs> I did, I did too. But I mean, it just comes out of nowhere anyway. Yeah, yeah. But the, to go back to the, the critic theme and why why this film is getting so bad uh, bad reviews from the critics, 
I, I again, I think like what we said, it, it's just bad timing. The film has come probably the worst time and horrible and, time. And no one's really talking about these issues about uh, money and politics. No one wa- no one wants to talk about these issues. Um, but I, I I do remember when I first saw Team America for the first time, <laughs> and I like there's no way I'm comparing Team America to Irresistible because it's. it's to, Team America is a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece <laughs> of political and social satire, and uh, I loved how they it made fun of both sides. Really, I mean, it made fun of flag-waving politicians, war hawks who wanted to go to war, and they also made fun of liberal Hollywood and also Michael Bay movies. <laughs> yeah. So it was that movie. You know, Team America made huge swings and jabs, and it's a masterpiece. But I remember seeing that movie because it was. Came out a month right before the election. Uh, my first reaction of that movie was that I didn't like it. I didn't like it really? at all. I, I thought it was nihilistic, and I I, I thought it was in bad taste. Mm. And I think it's because I was so an anti Iraq War person and an anti George Bush person that I couldn't see through it. And I think that's what's going on with the critics with Irresistible, because you know, because Steve Carell is the main character and he's a Democratic uh, strategist, and he is, you know, because he's the star of the movie, he is the butt the butt of the joke most of the time, and he is yeah, not a redeeming character in this film at all. He starts off redeeming in the, in the beginning, and then as the movie well, progresses, he, tries, yeah. he just becomes the most like hypocritical and most dislikable character, possibly in the in the entire movie. <laughs> But Stuart is trying to say that both sides are I'm, just yeah, as I'm bad, not. and I, I, I think people are just. Doesn't oh, no, I, I get that. You don't have to tell me that. <laughs> but yeah, and, I know some people might read it the wrong way. But I yeah. think that's actually very. I think that's very little of the criticism. I think a, a lot of people, for the most part, feel that this kind of is a movie that should have come out. You know. Uh, or that this feels a, this is a dated movie because I mean that's kind of my criticism. This feels like a movie from 2012. I don't disagree with that uh, because because of something like Veep where it's very hard hitting with 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 politics. Yeah, especially after after Veep, man. Like after that show having six seasons, I think this it feels very light. And I think maybe uh, maybe John Stewart should have just kind of taken out a lot of the satire and just focus a bit more on, on telling the story because because I, I think he he he's a good director and he he made a he made a good movie but I don't know he kind of was kind of he's kind of trying to do two things well I, I find the lightness was more of him trying to skew the 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 Frank Kappa movie the the like, Mr. Uh, Smith goes to Washington and I think that's what he he's trying to do is he's trying to make a little bit of a spoof here like like I said before I think this people are going to appreciate this film later I think people are going to uh, look back at this film and, and say that this was much better than it was first perceived. But um, with that, I'll give I'll give you my grade, and I'm going to give this a B. But then again, I don't recommend this to watch at home uh, with, the, with this price. You're waiting for the five ninety five ninety nine rental price. Yeah, or maybe even streaming because I I don't think this <laughs> the, I, don't, I don't think people want to see this type of movie right now. You think this right. is a more of a a wait for streaming type, type yeah, of Yeah, I think deal. this is, this is, I think wait, maybe wait a year from now or three years from now <laughs> to watch this movie. I think, I just, I don't think people want to see this movie right now. And I, although I, I enjoyed it. Rich, what's your grade? 
Uh, yeah, at first when I was watching, I was giving I was giving it a C, C minus maybe even, but by the end, um, I did I did change my mind and it, and I I too I'm gonna give it probably a B minus. Uh, Raymond, what's your grade? Uh, I give it a six point five out of ten. I think it's a solid movie, uh, but I, I I agree with you. I think people would have uh, definitely appreciate this um, uh, a, f- a few years ago. Appreciate this a lot more if it came out a few years ago. I think it, I think they will appreciate it uh, a few years from now. Also, maybe. So that was our uh, review of Irresistible. I gave it a B. Richard gave it a B minus, and uh, Raymond gave it a six out of ten. A six point five. A six point mm. five out of ten. And uh, but we all don't recommend it because I don't think people. There's such a narrow. Yeah, I'll recommend it for for streaming. I mean, once it's on streaming, you, I mean, you're not paying for. It. I mean, you're basically not paying for it. So go ahead. Would you and watch recommend it. this for like maybe when it comes out on VOD or digital? Yeah, I do. For five ninety nine, I think it's. But it but it has to be for a specific audience. It depends on your state uh, of mind. It, yeah. Well, well, yeah. We all agree to wait for the movie to either go on digital or on streaming. But yeah, okay. There you go. That's our review. All right, that concludes this episode. Thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. We'll be back with a new episode very soon. Uh, Take care. Bye-bye.